Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this show ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. It's brought to you in association with Levi Solicitors, who will offer you a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Dan here with Rob and Moscow. No Michael today, so he can't say Will's probate and conveyancing. You can do it if you want, um, Rob, you are in the chair. Will's probate conveyancing. Thank you very much. Where is Michael? Is he gone? He's gone old Jay Humphrey, hasn't he? he? He's at a conference in Manchester, the sort of conference he used to attend when he was at ITV that he thoroughly despised, but he's there as a guest speaker. Imagine, hopefully not a motivational speaker. Yeah, if anybody who was there is tuned into this to sort of like yep. get the, oh, I'll, I'll see what that guy's podcast is like. Here we are. And he's not on it. No. No. Uh, but he is very good. It's, it's about teams. It's about teams working in teams. And um, we're on the team of Levi's Solicitors, aren't we? Because they're great, great bunch of lads and lasses. That discount is available for you at the URL we said. Loads and loads of services. The important thing to flag up at the minute is that you can exploit those services. Is that the right word? Do you want to say exploit in regards to a solicitor's firm? Is it a memory test now? The URL we said. I'm, I'm going to read it out again in a minute. Do you remember? Yeah, I do. Don't tell them. I'm not. Why not? You've got to. You've got to listen to it again. Anyway, remote appointments uh, that you can do video call like this. Look, ooh, look down the lens, and um, an online booking system. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'd never you. have remembered. <laughs> it did take me a while to get back there. Right then, into it. Part one, which is the news, and is is this? We're going to start with the question: Is this the return of relegation watch? Given that, when this comes out, we could be... I'm not going to say bottom of the table. I'm going to say the 20th best team in the Premier League. Oh, I can't wait for the international break. I just <laughs> pretend that this isn't happening and we don't have to pay attention. I'm not stressed by it this year. I'm just refusing to get stressed by it. I went through it all last year. It, my stress will build towards the end of the season, I'm sure. But uh, it's only a daft game, isn't it? it is one, the, the shape of the season is that there isn't any escape from the relegation battle. Crystal Palace thought they were fine. Up in 12th, rocking along quite happily. But now... They stopped. I think scoring has gone first. Now it's shooting. Mm-hmm. I don't know what passing might fall next. Just one by one, all their abilities are falling by the wayside. Until they just they stood there. So it's um, it's always been the the thing with our three seasons in the Premier League, but the last two in particular, where it's like, why can't we just be in a, a bit of the table where we're absolutely calm and we don't have to worry about relegation? Doesn't exist. No, not for anybody this year. So relegation watch, we probably should have started it week one. Yeah, maybe, but there's no point in making the thing grim all year, is there? Um, but as it stands at the minute, this will be released after the Wednesday night fixtures, which include Southampton versus Brentford, Brighton versus Palace, that big vicious derby, the old Gatwick derby. Seagull versus Eagle. Yeah, and we yeah we could be bottom of the table, but we're, we're probably not. I'm going to hazard a guess now and just stick my neck on the line and say we're not. I'm really hoping Palace lose at Brighton tonight and Palace just panic and sack Vieira or do something daft. I did see an article to the effect that he was fighting to save his job. I thought, well, they're mid-table. Mm, he's basically admitted it himself that he's under pressure. But yeah, when you've not had a shot in three games, it doesn't suggest things are going well. I mean, Erling Haaland showed last night that if you just shoot, the ball just goes in, doesn't it? I think he yeah. had eight shots, five goals, 11 eight, passes. I think it was eight shots. All eight of them were mm. on target and he did 11 passes on top of that. That was it. A soft penalty helps as well, doesn't it? So that gives you like a real good opportunity to shoot if you're given a a penalty for a handball that, I mean, I've no sympathy for Leipzig. Um, although I suppose there is the, we all had to deal with Jesse Marsh, but they created him. But the, yeah, the first goal was, shouldn't count. Do you think if Palace Sorry, get a penalty, healthy. they're just going to refuse to shoot? In solidarity with, with RB Leipzig. I don't know where <laughs> we're going here. The, uh, but yeah, they haven't won all year. Who, Palace? Yes, you can't be fond of that manager, can you? And then the other side to this is we saw that Brighton at the weekend are quite good. So if that one can go with form, and Southampton mm. versus Brentford can go with ability and form, then mm. we're all fine, aren't we? And then fr- Friday, we've got Forest against Newcastle. Magpie in Forest. Magpie with, surrounded by trees. Just <laughs> continuing the bird metaphor. Yeah, oh, well, Chris would be able to play in that or not. We need him to do it. No, no, we need yeah, him was, to he was sold, wasn't do rubbish, he? don't we? I mean, who knows? So if it he plays may... in it, it might be good. 
it might turn out that all these players that Nottingham Forest had in their squad were just a fantasy. They didn't actually sign or loan any of them. They were just holograms. Yeah, they do all right at home to Forest, don't they? But uh, it's a way that they have their travails. But um, So let's assume that one goes to form with yeah. the table. Newcastle is supposedly good. I don't know why where this assumed things are going to form thing is, going to, is coming from, given <laughs> the events of the weekend just gone. And I, that's I, the I last like, thing we can rely on. It's just a form of denial. <laughs> that's all it is. Yes. I mean, our first names are both Daniel, so... Liverpool versus Bournemouth. It's, it's an anagram well, of it. It's, yes, it's also, uh, it means that God has judged. Yep. And he has judged that Bournemouth can beat Liverpool for no reason. Yeah. Thanks, God. And then looking ahead to the weekend, which we'll do with preview Wolves in um, in part two, Brentford, Leicester, Southampton, Spurs, Villa, Bournemouth, Chelsea against Everton. That'll be fine. All those are going to be fine. Arsenal against Palace on Sunday. By that time, Palace are properly panicking. Yeah, this it, is what we need. But then they're in a tailspin. It'll all be fine. I'm just a bit worried that because Patrick Vieira is quite big and scary, that they might be too frightened to sack him. But there was an article on The Athletic today, I think, this morning, basically saying that anyone that's not sat their manager yet has kind of left it too late. Because if you sack your manager now, it doesn't really change anything. The best that you can hope is it stays the same. So I'm hoping, yeah, one of these teams panics, whether it's Palace, Leicester or West Ham. Mm. Yeah, they've clung on to Moyes, haven't they? And uh, there's no signs of that one particularly having a massive uptick in, um, in good fortune, West Ham. Yeah, we're just we're back at that point of let's just hope we fall the right side of the line. I think, aren't we? Get, just pick up enough points now. I don't know why I've, I'm quietly confident. It's an idiot's position to adopt, but here we are. I I generally think things will all be okay until they've completely broken, <laughs> and it's like, oh no, they won't be okay now. But yeah, there's loads of teams down there. They're all going to take points off each other. It's going to change week by week, um, quite drastically. I think so. Just don't shit the bed. It's kind yeah. of the plan. I think. We have got the run of fixtures in April where we, we play all these losers, don't we? So that's kind of the the crucial bit where we've got a chance of actually doing something about it because it was like the, the whole after Brighton feeling of like, oh, okay, well, getting a point is better than no points, adds to something, but we actually go further down the table through no fault of our own circumstances that we can't control because Bournemouth beating Liverpool is not something that we wanted or tried to do and Everton beating Brentford the same when it gets into April and we're actually we're actually playing the teams that we're having rivalries with at the bottom. That's when it can actually count for something. We can who do we play in April? Because I'm saying all this, where I can't remember which one oh, of these bunch of teams, mate. These uh, we play. Do we play Lille? Arsenal's on Do April the 1st. They're not the ones I'm thinking of. April, right, yeah. Arsenal, April the first. Forest, April the fourth. Yes. Palace, April the eighth. Yeah. Then we got a week off. Great. Because we've got Liverpool on the Monday, 17th, uh, followed by Fulham away on the 22nd. Then, um, then midweek fixtures, we close the month out with Leicester at home and then Bournemouth away. Quite a big month is April, isn't it? Yeah, so it's those mm. those four. Read the ones that aren't Arsenal and Liverpool again. So we start off with uh, no, Forest at home, yeah. Palace at home, uh, Fulham away, yeah. Leicester at home, Bournemouth okay. away. So four of those five, apart from the Fulham aren't really in it, are they? The other four, it's kind of if you beat them, you're actually taking points off a team that's next to you. Like, when we beat Forest, they cannot simultaneously beat Manchester City. Do you know what the kids call that? A six-pointer, Moscow. Yeah, um, so it's going to be a month of six-pointers. And it feels at the moment like we have enough to sort of deal with that month of six-pointers to actually play some garbage teams and prove our worth above them. And if we don't, then relegate us. Mm, which will is what will happen. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly what will happen. No getting away from it. Our squad full of internationals. That is happening, isn't it? After the Wolves game, the international break. Cooper back in the Scotland squad. Not playing for Leeds, though. That's how good we are. Yeah, we've got a team full of... Bench full of internationals. <laughs> Verba, Austria, Klassen, the Norway under-21s. Leo Gelder got called up as well for the Norway 21s, but wasn't mentioned by the official Leeds United site. <laughs> Just completely skimmed past him like he doesn't exist. Forgotten about him now, he's in Rotherham. Yeah. And Aaron Adams and McKenney expected to make the USA squad. Um, Rasmus left out of the Denmark squad. Yeah. Not that surprising, is it, I guess? It's not going well for him, has it, Rasmus? Not as, no. not as we expected, anyway. That's because he's not been very good. I've tried to think the best of him, but... Uh, and I know Luke Ayling had a quite a difficult afternoon against Brighton, against Matoma in particular, but he's showed enough in there to make me think he's probably still the best right back at the club. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of people were kind of critical of Aileen and you think, yeah, still the best right back though, isn't he? I'd rather not see Rasmus in the team, to be honest. Yeah, I'd wondered from watching Christensen when he was in the team, he had he probably would have been even further away from Mitoma because I don't know whether it was his instructions or just his style, but it seemed to always be a long way from whichever winger he was supposed to be dealing with. And 
I mean, the last thing Mitoma needed was more space. Luke Ayling gave him plenty. I don't know. It is a big fall for him, Grace, though, to not even be in the squad with Denmark when you were their first choice right back at the World Cup. That's quite a big change. Mm. Maybe they can have, I mean, does Luke Ayling, he's got quite a Viking look about him. If you squint, send mm. him up there, see if they want to give him a, a cap. He might have some Danish heritage. I thought you were going to say, see if they notice the difference. That's going to be it. I had a crew cut and he's, yeah. okay, we'll go with it. Shaving bald, send him to Denmark. There you go, Luke. Have a nice international recognition. Win a Danish cap. I have to say, I'm, I'm looking forward to the international break again like you, Rob. And it's, you know, it's not that I'm not relatively relaxed. It's just that Leeds United, whenever I think about it, represents stress. So I'm trying not to think about it. That's kind of the position I've adopted. In the international break, don't have to think about it for a weekend. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because it was like at the World Cup. The World Cup break came along and I thought, oh, yeah, God, I need this. And then within a few weeks, you're like, oh, no, come on, when it leads back. But now it's got to that point of like, yeah, let's just have a rest for a bit now. Yeah, just get it over with. The season needs to die. We've got the advantages. Well, not the advantages as well, but the need maybe for Javi Gracia to work with some of these players. It would oh, like, like Jesse did. <laughs> yeah. Um, it would be helpful, perhaps, if the USA could do as a kindness and leave Aronson Adams and McKenny out and we can work on them all. That would be... Helpful, but I guess that aside, he'll have a, a bunch of people that he can actually get back to some kind of uh, goodness. Well, he will have the youth at Thorpe Arch. Some of the youth is not there, actually. The low knees have, have all been in the news for a variety of reasons this week. For example, Charlie Creswell kicking lumps out of Andy Carroll and vice versa. And he scored against Swansea and uh, he's getting some rave reviews now. It's a good job we didn't sell him in January, as was uh, potentially mooted that Phil was reporting on. Well, it does depend what you want from a and a half. I'm a bit sceptical about the value of learning to deal with Andy Carroll and then coming back to the Premier League. It's like, right, there's Erling Haaland. <laughs> Crack on. <laughs> All the best. His goal last night was good. Nice left-footed finish. And he also made an important block towards the end of the game as well. It was 2-1 to Millwall. It's frustrating, is there? Because, you know, you see Charlie Cresswell scoring, you think, oh, that's good. He's like, oh, it's for Millwall. Mm. That's annoying. But um, he's a good example of why you can't kind of reach to sweeping conclusions after a game Cresswell because you know he started the season great and everyone thought he was going to score two goals a game and then he was out of the team for a bit and everyone's like ah oh, he's not ready he's rubbish let's just sell him anyway and now he's back having a run of games Rowett seems to be talking him up doing well there was an interview with Cresswell himself last week or the week before where he was sort of talking about how he's learned not to put too much pressure on himself because it's a long season and you know when he's at Leeds last year if you're only playing half a dozen games a year, you are going to put a lot of stress on each game because you need to impress. And if you go back to when he made his debut against Tull, he didn't play well. And it's like, right, we're signing a Spain international. So there is a lot of pressure on each game. But when you're playing for a whole season in the championship, he was sort of saying, I was putting too much onus on each individual game. And he's kind of learned to just relax a bit. And, you know, he can't control everything himself. It's, it's getting, I guess it's comfortable in your own skin, isn't it? And understanding who you are as a player rather than constantly trying to make an impression. It's, it's interesting to hear that, actually, because you do wonder how, how they think about this. And it's nice to know that they are actually human after all footballers. And he has managed to see off that Spanish international despite not even being here. Mm. St. Llorente scuttling off to Roma with I, his poorly hamstrings. I suspect he might be back in the summer. <laughs> with, well, yeah, but they can duke it out then, can't they? He'll have a, a new fully championship experience Creswell to deal with so I don't know if Llorente will cope any better I like speaking of the the Millwall problem with this Jamie Shackleton's attitude to the loan is probably more <laughs> helpful to a Leeds fan of just like yeah I'm not going to help them oh bless him oh. I had such high hopes for Shackleton when he first broke through and to be fair I think it was maybe last month he did have a run of games in midfield and I did see a few Millwall fans on Twitter being like oh no he's playing well but he just can't get in the team for any extended amount of time can he He'll, he might do the Alex Mowat route. He just needs to find a... That was the thing with Mowat. He needed a home, wasn't he? And then he became the absolute Don of Barnsley. And it's kind of gone a bit wrong. Now he's moved to West Brom. Some players just suit a club, don't they? And they need that one place where they can get in the team, play forever. And Shackleton will be, he'll be decent at some point, won't he? It's, um, it's sad that with reference to Millwall, because I was thinking about this last night with the games being on, that I'm now looking at the championship table and thinking... Who would it hurt least being passed by if we were to go down? <laughs> but then I thought, no, that's negative thinking. Reframe your thinking, Daniel. Think like Jake Humphrey would. Positive all the time. Who do we want to come up out of the playoffs who would represent the potential whipping boy in the Premier League next year if we were to stay up? And I thought, oh, we don't want Millwall in the same division as us. But then I thought, actually, maybe we do. Mm. 
Who's actually up there? I sort of refuse to acknowledge the championship since we right. got promoted. Burnley are getting promoted. They yeah. are mm. an absolute mile. They're 13 points clear of Sheffield United in second place and 16 points clear of Middlesbrough in third place. And they've got a game in hand on Middlesbrough. So they're coming up, definitely. Sheffield United are in the process of shitting the bed on 67 points. Middlesbrough have played a game more, but they've got 64. And then you've got Luton, Millwall, Blackburn in the playoffs at the minute. But uh, sort of Norwich are three points outside the playoffs. West Brom, four outside. Coventry, four. Watford, four. So it's there's a number of teams still in play at this moment in time, all the way down to about ninth, tenth. But um, yeah, Luton and Millwall in there. It's a weird bunch because obviously Sheffield United coming up is the hecky factor. And I don't think I don't think I would like the idea of us being passed by Marcelo Bielsa's predecessor as we get relegated. But um, hecky with that squad back in the Premier League, I suspect might not go much better than it went last time. No. So that could be fun. But then after that, Middlesbrough are managed by Michael Carrick. Blackburn are managed by John Dahl Thomason still, I are believe. They? Yeah. So it's strange, isn't it? I'm not sure I'm ready for John Dahl Thomason the football manager with Blackburn Rovers in the Premier League um, feels a bit odd. Gary Rowett, I still, every time his name comes up... You're thinking up, about Derby, aren't you? Uh, sorry, Stoke, uh, beg your pardon. Yeah. And the, the 3-0. Yeah. That thing uh, comes up. So Luton are probably... So we're down to, yeah, Luton I would like to come up because of the whole... Um, just to piss off Nathan Jones even more because he left them for Southampton. That was a disaster. And then... The only thing, like, Nathan Jones seems to rely on being at Luton. He's good at Luton. He can handle that. They can't go back there now because the guy who's there, who Watford sacked off after 10 games, is brilliant. So he, he can take them up behind Burnley, and then I think we just cancel the playoffs. I quite like the idea. If Luton were to finish second somehow and then get Millwall up through the playoffs, I do like the idea of the Premier League selling itself as the most glamorous league in the world. And, and then Luton versus Millwall. I, that would, I would <laughs> yeah. quite enjoy that, actually. Some throw, throwbacks to the 80s there. I would like, they're a bit too far off it, but if Sunderland could put a run together and we get Tony Mowbray's Sunderland in the Premier League, that would be something. Would uh, pose an interesting question around Gellhart, wouldn't it? Well, he's only there until the summer, so we have him back and they can't have him and then they're rubbish. Low on confidence, said, um, said Mowbray, though, didn't he? he ass- and mind you, he assisted the only goal against Norwich. Mr. Sitter as well. And he missed the City. Yeah, he was clean through on goal, wasn't he? And he put it straight at uh, the Norwich keeper. Um, Ian Pervader's been getting up to mischief in Blackpool as well. Just on the Gellhart thing, oh, is, it's partly because it's not going to... He was supposed to go there and partner... Ross Stewart. Yes, but he got injured like pretty much the same day that the deal was done. So it's just been Joe Gellhart playing every game up top on his own and he's never really had to do that. And he's sort of... Um, he's got a great... I think Tony Mowbray is great and being great with him where he's being quite public of like, I'm asking him to do loads of stuff that he's never done before. He's struggling a bit for confidence, but we're just going to keep working hard and putting lots and lots of faith in him. And also just being a, a nice guy who looks like a, a Yorkshire rock face. <laughs> I was saying Ian Pervader's been getting up to mischief in Blackpool, but he was brought back to the bench for their thrashing of the uh, Tyler Roberts-less QPR that happened on, that was Tuesday, wasn't it? But he got dropped, didn't take it very well, and basically just didn't show up. Him and another loanee, there's some lad from Manchester City, were both dropped by Mick McCarthy. And I don't know what part of being managed by Mick McCarthy made those two kids think that the best thing to do was to just go home. They marched out of Bloomfield Road, is uh, the way it's been written. And uh, that didn't go down very well with Mick, who does say he's had a word. Um, He also took them both to Bristol away at the weekend, but didn't put them in the squad. I think apparently Pervader was in the away end and the other one was watching from behind the dugouts. So it's like you're coming... There's, there's a lesson there, isn't there? You're coming on a real... If you think you can just have your Saturday afternoon on your own because you drop, well, here's a Saturday afternoon. You're not doing what you want and also you're not playing. But the, yeah, the 6-1 trouncing of Tyler Roberts' QPR was... He put the Man City player back in and Pervader was an unused substitute despite there being a lot of substitutes involved uh, in the game. With regards to the 21s in general, the game away at West Brom was called off, wasn't it? Because the uh, the naughty weather. Ellen Road, Sunday, Sunderland, two o'clock kickoff. Should be a decent occasion, I would imagine. Sunderland, eighth out of the 11 in the Premier League, two. We are top. We're going up. We are, hopefully, we're going up. It'd be we nice to going up. Going up, yeah. Something to celebrate. And also getting called off was the women's game at Hull. And have you seen the state of the table, the Division One North? Like They've got like three, at least three, if not six, games in hand on everybody in the league. I try to do the maths on it. So they're mid-table. They're seventh out of twelve, out of twelve. But they've only played twelve games out of uh, how many is that? So eleven, twenty-two games, isn't it? Across the season, 
So they've only, they're only just past the halfway point of their season fixtures-wise, whereas Durham Sestria, who are top, have only got four games left, which is crazy, isn't it, given that the weather and the cup has intervened? We'll just have to win the, the cup instead, the mm. silverware, that'll do. So I think if Leeds win their games in hand, they go four, potentially higher, depending on how Barnsley go. But yeah, promotion seems to have gone now. Yeah, have a winner cup, plate, plate yeah. cup. It's a plate, but a it's a plate, cup. Like Alan Partridge. Yeah, it's a cup, but you get a plate. Here in Yorkshire, we don't like waste. So with energy consumption front of mind these days, there's a lot of focus on conserving it and minimising waste. Boxed have loads of great advice on their website about how to use your heating system as efficiently as possible to help keep your energy bills down should you leave your heating on all the time or switch it on and off as needed. Boxed will help you answer that question and plenty more and save you plenty of cash in the long run too. You could save up to £1,150 a year by upgrading to a new, more efficient boiler and using a Google Nest learning thermostat. Boxed, take away the hassle of upgrading your boiler to a brand new A-rated one. The process starts on the website, couldn't be easier. Installation is carried out by an expert qualified installer and is included in the price. 0% finance is available, subject to status. Boxed will give you a fixed, fair price in just 90 seconds. And as a listener to this show, you can save an additional £50 on your online quote by using the code TSB50. So just head to boxed.co.uk, that's B-O-X-T.co.uk, and use that code TSB50 to upgrade your boiler and save money now. Part two of the show is the Wolves preview. Last year was insane. Can it be anything like this again, do you think? I'm still kind of expecting some Leeds madness before the end of the season. I was predicting it at Chelsea, but I don't know, like, Grathia's thing is, he's like the sensible, calm guy, isn't he? But I sort of think, can we drag him down to our yeah, level? Yeah, at some point we're going to break him, aren't we? And Wolves away, there is a bit of madness sometimes. There was that game in the Championship, was it 4-3 or something, where mm. Moet scored that amazing goal and the Leeds fans were banging on the uh, corporate boxes and there were just these like scared-looking Wolves fans there. That was good fun. I remember watching the game last season. Was it a Friday night game? Yeah, or I was, I was watching it on the radio anyway. But mm. um, I just remember my phone kept buzzing and I could just tell there was some madness happening. But I couldn't, I didn't look. There was a lot of madness happening. That, yeah, it was absolutely bonkers. We've got, we've got the, the general outline of the game here, which was we were 2 0 down at half time, and the second goal went in 11 minutes into injury time because there have <laughs> been so many injuries in the first half. We lost four players to injury in that game, which were Bamford, who was crying on the bench, if you remember, mm. Click, Juventa, and then Melier got taken off injured in the incident that saw Jimenez sent off for his second yellow card in that game. And then we got the injury time winner from Luke Ayling. And it was the, it was the, archetypal game of two halves if you recall and Christopher Clarkson was a hero Chris Clarkson was a hero yeah he did it for his debut was amid much fear yeah um, ref was Kevin Friend uh, if you remember we were seven points clear of the bottom three as a result of this this win and uh, from the BBC report written by Simon Stone it says after an excellent week because we'd beaten Norwich hadn't we just before that another injury time winner uh, Joffrey won it then actually saying Leeds decision to replace the much loved Marcelo Bielsa with Jesse Marsh is now looking like a masterstroke now it looks more like a master bait. Ha. Huh. Thanks, Moscow. So there you go. Um, that was that was last season in the, the same fixture. Earlier this season, of course, we had the opening game of the season, which we won 2 1. Aronson, man of the match in that one at Ellen Road. He's going to be a star. On his debut. Uh, I'd forgotten that we'd gone 1 0 down to Podence as well in this one. Like the new season kicked off six minutes in. And you're like, oh, God, we're losing already. It was um, Rasmus being pushed by a gentle winger. It was the first bad sign of the season. Was, like, was this when Rasmus got punched in the face as well? It should have been a penalty. No, that was... Um, well, maybe that was this game, was it? But it was... Saar, was it, in goal? Yeah, so he would have been playing for Wolves. Yes. He's the Wolves goalkeeper. Mm. Um, yeah, so maybe. Did that all happen in one game? Yeah. yeah. I, I remember thinking, we need to equalise quickly because this is not good. And we did. And again, story of the season, Rodrigo. Yep. And um, it was that on goal, wasn't it? That... Uh, Sora's win was a, def- was a deflection, that. Out Nori, who sounds like a keyboard shortcut. <laughs> it was uh, the... Goal. That was the game where Click came on and changed it. Cause it was the start of that second half where Wolves just had the ball on the edge of our box for what felt like about half an hour. Yeah. And Mateus Click came on and... Because uh, he, Ro- he came on for Rodrigo and we had Bamford and Rodrigo paired together in this game, if you remember. Not necessarily both up front. I think Rodrigo was dropping slightly deeper. Yeah, he was like the number 10, wasn't he? Yeah. But, um, yeah, so if Click can come on and make the difference... This weekend, we should be fine. Interesting to note our back four in that game and see how it's evolved over the course of the season. We had Christensen, Cock, Urente and Strauch as our back four in the game at the start of the season. It's just we put them back in. Well, Cock will probably be in there. Apart from that, Urente, I think, probably going to be playing for Roma or not, no. <laughs> as the case may be. Strauch, we need to 
address his, his hair situation. It's evolved greatly since this game. It's not evolved. It's devolved. Yeah, it's regressed. Um, and obviously Christensen, as we were talking about in, uh, in part one, not at right back at the moment. Um, but we have had, and it is a little, uh, it's worth noting since Gracia's come in, and I guess Scoob's started it since um, since Rashford's brutal, like smacking his ball into Stroke's face at Old Trafford. We've had the same back five. Yes. Just consistent, which is nice. Yeah, is it not like something like this is the first time Furpo has played five games back to back in yeah. about four years? Something like that. <laughs> yeah. So are we and that's saying, not an exaggeration. Either. Do we think he makes it to, to the weekend? Is it going to? Will he? Will he manage to do six in a row? He always, because he, he always had that kind of vibe of a car that where you take it into the garage for one thing, they find another, and then a couple of weeks later yeah. something else goes. It feels like the one thing that's kind of working in our favour. We're a bit chaotic up front still, and everything's like trying to get Sinistera back and Rutter up to speed and Bamford fit again and Rodrigo fit. All that's kind of a bit manic, but it has been useful. And is good for a relegation battle to just have your back five every game. Same lads, doing the same stuff, getting used to each other, cohesion, all that kind of thing. So Liam Cooper, only Coops, when he's, uh, if he gets some fitness with Scotland, might just have to keep sitting and watching because I wouldn't currently, you know, Ailing was, you know, run all over by Mitoma and whatever. And we conceded two to a very good Brighton team, but it doesn't look like a back line that needs disrupting at the moment, does it? Mm. So since we played them last... Bruno Large got sacked. I didn't realise he got sacked. It's only eight weeks into the season, game week eight it was, 2nd of October. They were 18th, we were 12th at that point. They had six, we had nine, and a game in hand on them. Because they went all a bit mad for a bit, didn't they? They had um, Steve Davis was the caretaker manager for a bit, and former Leeds player Scott Sellers is there, one of their sort of directors of sporty football type things, and they were singing for his head in that caretaker manager time um, because they couldn't appoint anybody. Because Lopetegui turned it down once, because I think his father was ill, wasn't he? I think he's turned him down a few times, hasn't yeah. he? Because tried, they've tried to appoint him years ago. And anyway, he kept saying no. He's tried to keep him in the friend zone. Yeah, he's finally gone, oh, fine. If I must, yeah. And then, so he came in on the 14th of November, heading into the World Cup break. And since then, they've taken, I looked last night, 17 points from 12 games under him, which is 1.42 points per game, which would work out to be like 53, 54 over the course of the season, which I'm sure they'll be happy with. It was the start of the season where they were kind of just refusing to score a goal, wasn't it? I remember a friend of mine who supports Wolves said he'd never seen a team who looks less likely to score. And they signed super bastard Diego Costa, but he's injured, he's injured he? now, so they've just got the super cheat, Raul Jimenez, but he's not scoring either. Yeah, well, they've not had a, a striker score in the Premier League for a year. Ever there was a team that can undo a record, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. They've, yeah, they've really struggled in front of goal. I mean, like I was um, I was poking around, you know, they, that Phil does the Q&As like on the, the Athletic Leeds page before and after a game. I had a look at the Wolves one most recently just to see what their fans are saying. And the general consensus seems to be that they lack legs in midfield a little bit. Who's their dead good midfielder who's old? Moutinho. Who's the, is he 36 now? Yeah. Yeah, he, he, the lacking legs in midfield, getting overrun in midfield a little bit. Jimenez then therefore looks a little bit isolated. They haven't got a settled team and look a little bit organised in defence, uh, disorganised, sorry, in defence with changes that they make. Because when they were at Newcastle, if you saw that game, he made like a load of changes and we'll come to that in a second actually. He tends to make loads of subs. They made loads of attacking subs, got back into the game but then he switched to a back five or a back three, whichever way you want to dress it up and then that invited Newcastle on. It's what um, what Marsh did when, uh, which game was it where Marsh switched to a back three and we suddenly, Spurs won it. Tottenham, yeah. yeah. And we threw the game away and they did the same thing up there. So um, it doesn't seem to be consistent but yeah, they made loads of substitutions is the other vibe. They've made all five in every game under Lopetegui apart from one. Mateus Cunha's gone well as well, hasn't he? Yeah, they're, they're now obliged to sign him. They've met the conditions, haven't they? Which is like <laughs> 50 million or something. He's got no goals and no assists, hasn't he? I think he's got one assist in the League Cup or something. Yeah, I, mean, I saw like the comments when I was digging through the comments. It was only anecdotal evidence, but people were saying that he's kind of, he's not up to, the, up to speed, really with the Premier League, like loose touches here and there and doesn't seem all that arsed about trying to win it back. <laughs> I mean, it, this was kind of very obvious when we were linked to him, that he doesn't really score that many goals and it was a ridiculous amount of money. Which explains why we were after him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly the sort of thing that Victor likes, isn't it? So we got Jorginho Rutter instead. God bless him, that boy. All this is fine, but, you know, I'm not listening to your analysis of Wolves when we could be paying attention to who scored.com. I'm on the website now, mate. And um, they uh, characteristics. Tell me, tell, no, 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 tell me. Tell me about their significant strengths, if you could, uh, Moscow. I can't. Why not? There aren't any. Well, that's fine then, isn't it? Um, so it's pretty easy to uh, to speak of. No significant strengths and it is worth momentarily dwelling on that thing that where they haven't had a striker score for a year because when I, I read that the other week 
in the midst of, I think it was after the Fulham game, um, and they still haven't since then. It still holds true. And it's um, we do seem to have problems putting the ball in the net, but we scored two against Brighton, and we scored, um, what we didn't score against Fulham or Chelsea, and we scored against Southampton. It's like, it always feels bad when you're looking at your own team and then you look at Wolves and you go, fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus Christ. There's like, yeah, there's... We've, we've scored 31, they've scored 20. Yeah. Which is the second lowest in the division. Actually, Southampton have scored 20 at the time of, of recording. So wow. there, are some, there are some pretty... Some deficiencies there. There's some dog shit teams, is what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so no significant strengths. And then they're, they're very weak at defending against long shots. So it's going to be a Jackie Harrison field day. They're weak at avoiding offside, weak at finishing scoring chances, weak at defending set pieces, aerial duels, so we can do the trick of, um, I don't know who's in their defence now, who's, have they got a tall defender? Let's say Collins and Kilman. We'll try what we were doing with Brendan Aronson of chipping it up for him to go against uh, Adam Webster. That was fun. So if the weak at aerial duels might give him a chance. Weak at avoiding fouling in dangerous areas, so that's good opportunity for... Uh, Ferber? Uh, I was going to say for Brendan and Jackie to just stick it into the whatever the Molyneux stands are called. Although it was um, an overhit Harrison free kick that won the game for us last year, wasn't it? That was one of the beautiful things of the, <laughs> the pitch side microphone as he sent the ball sailing out of play and you heard him going, oh! And then he's still in despair as Luke Ayling chases it and put, puts <laughs> it in the net anyway. Um, so a repeat of that would be nice. And they are weak at, this is important, defending against attacks down the wings. So, Nyonto, Somerville, Sinistera, Harrison, and we'll just put Furpo, Ailing, <laughs> send them all out. Even give Christensen another run. <laughs> just play wingers? Yeah, loads of wingers. I feel that might kind of undo our little uh, winning the middle of the park plan that I was advocating Leave before. the middle of the park to Jesse Marsh and his ilk. We're going to go full wing. We're going to go around them. Yes. <laughs> It seems to be that was one of the, the sort of anecdotal things that popped up in the comments by their fans is that they tend not to try and go through the middle and play through the lines. It's all out wide. Yeah. So, but they haven't got good players. So it's all right. I mean, Traore, I suppose he's fast, isn't he? So it's going to be the matchups if they go with their usual team. And I'm not paying attention to injuries. Traore against left and right Furpo and <laughs> Pedence against Ailing. And uh, I think it was Pedence who was sort of shaking Christensen about like a ragdoll in the first game. Ailing's not going to fall for that because he'll just fall over and win a free kick. Easy. And then Traore, Furpo just needs to... Furpo was switched, doesn't he? He's getting his booking in the last two minutes instead of the first. So he's wised up. So I don't have... I have no fear about Traore against Furpo. In fact, I'm looking forward to it. They seem to have issues being like pressed quite high up the pitch. I was mentioning this before. I mean, when people were sort of concerned about uh, the football that Grassi was playing against... Brighton, you know, the crowd got a little bit restless with the um, the, the sitting off them. I wonder, it'd be interesting to see if we take a slightly different approach with Wolves because they're not that good at playing out from the back according to the evidence. Yeah, I am intrigued by that because I think part of the attraction of Grathier was that he will change his tactics and adapt them depending on who we're playing. So it will be interesting to see what we go for. I think it's always going to be calmer than what we were doing under Marsh and Bielsa, mm. but there's still kind of the option there of being aggressive still. Mm. Yeah. This is one of those games where you look at it and particularly because we're both in that pack of teams in the bottom half of the Premier League, I've kind of realised now that just about anyone can beat anyone within that group. So we've, we've sat here and listed a load of reasons why and how Leeds United <laughs> could possibly beat Wolves. But it, it almost feels like the toss of a coin, doesn't it? Like as to what happens to work on the day. So I, I look at this and I think this is a game we could win. It's also a game we could lose. Exciting. And it's a game we could draw. Yeah. I, I'd like us to win. I don't know how you're feeling about this. I'd be up for that. I've, yeah. And actually, thinking about this, there was a stat that I saw on Twitter. I can't remember who it was that posted it, so you'll have to forgive me, but it was one of the fairly major accounts. It might have even been like the, I think it was the Premier League themselves even, who said that the team in 20th position in the league has secured an average of more points per game than anyone else in the bottom half. So if you actually go bottom, you have a better chance statistically. of Yeah, it's, it's changed that much over the course of the season. But if you drop to 20th, it could be advantageous for you in the next game let's not try that <laughs> we might be doing it we don't know yet <laughs> at the time of recording ahead of uh, tonight's game against at Southampton against who are they playing again the other lot the other lot yeah, yeah so go on Southampton woo <laughs> <laughs> win win them no we don't we don't want them to to do a win Southampton uh, are playing uh, the Tottenham no tonight it's uh, Thomas Frank's Brentford yeah 
while Brighton are at, uh, home to Palace, aren't they? Um, so, yeah, woo, go Saints. No. How do you think it's going to go, though? That's the question. This is how we make fools of ourselves on this show, isn't it? I'm going to go for the madness. But you're the madness. I'm going to go time. for a repeat of last season, 3-2 drama. There was a, it was Click's injury last season where he looked like he'd been in a boxing match, wasn't it? Where his eye just swelled grotesquely. Mm-hmm. And it was also last season when they were uh, arguing him on the uh, coaching staff and Liam Cooper just popped his head up and went, fuck off, which I really, really liked. And Click was just shushing them while his eye was sort of hanging out. Yeah, because we don't have the uh, the drama of Large versus March. Uh, Marsh, sorry, doing this time. They've both been fired. This is it. It's trying to draw Javi into these kinds of, into our world, isn't it? It's they're going to be dead nice to each other, aren't they? They're speaking a common language. At the start, but they're 90 minutes of watching Leeds play. It is waiting for that one where Gracia is becomes the irate madman that he seems determined not to be. We'll break him. I was going to say, if there's any club to return to that point that can do that to him, it's us. But we'll win. So that's going to be fine. He'll be happy at the end. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Listen to this Acast show ad-free on Amazon Music with your Prime membership or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Part three of the show is Heroes and Villains. First, we will crown the Ken Bates Villain of the Week. We reintroduced, I unilaterally reintroduced, the Petty Grievances. If you are a long-time listener, a viewer, you will remember Moscow's Book of Petty Grievances, which was a notebook in which you noted your Petty Grievances. We've resurrected it. Perhaps in a virtual form. Do you still have it? Mental. I mean, bear in mind it was it was all audio then, so no video. So it's sort of like a prop. I didn't necessarily write. Whoa, well, 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 you've just ruined the magic, haven't? <laughs> this is like finding out Sansa's not real. It's what? all in here. Yeah. What? But oh if wait, the, if the mind is a book, like then I'm constantly just writing chapters. Anyway, as Jake Humphrey would, would say. <laughs> so it's time to be honest and upfront and say that Moscow, you do not have a book of petty grievances, but no, I do have a book of petty grievances, but not with but you. It, I mean, it is essentially it is a a blank notebook with nothing written inside, but it does have that on the cover because uh, Big Lee sorted us out with some stationery when he worked uh, in that realm. And uh, there you go. That's the story of the book of petty grievances. We'll resurrect it now. Just to, I say, in it's a virtual form. We're just committing it to digital audio and video, and that's that's all there needs to be. If you want to write it down, write it down. I think of it. It's it's a uh, a hard drive now, isn't it? Indeed it is. Um, so didn't have them back then. Out of the nominations that we received, thanks to all our TSB Plus members as well as sent in um, nominations for a variety of things. Petty grievances, these are the ones I've filed under petty grievances. Let me know if you've got any sort of disputes. Um, Victor Orta's last resort wanted to no- nominate Javi Gracia for being too secretive. So bear with me. I do get his press conference style and that he doesn't want to give away his thoughts to, opposi- to the opposition before the game. But a well-worded statement about managing a team that invites opponents to press might have helped the crowd to understand the intention and brought uh, and bought the team a little more patience. So it was Gracia's fault that the crowd was impatient. It does sound a little bit like giving the plan away. Yeah, which is what we don't want to do anymore. No, no. I think maybe it should have been um, like a leaflet campaign. If we'd all arrived and on every seat was a piece of paper explaining what the tactical plan was. So, but don't tell anyone, don't, don't show anyone else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just, just do like Chinese whispers. It's yeah, the first person through the turnstiles, pass it on. Yeah, maybe they could, they could put people back on the turnstiles to do it and say, by the way, the tactics today, it's mm. going to be this. Yeah. And then, yeah, if it's whispered from person to person, see how it actually ended up. What, what, <laughs> what the last person in through the, the turnstiles thought was actually happening. Oh, God, they got J. Roy Grott back in the playing goal. Amazing. Uh, Grathia's a genius. Uh, ben mentioned uh, Brighton's moaning for the, you know, the second ball on the corner that trickled onto the pitch. Uh, Ben's summary of this is, uh, fuck off. Uh, that's fair yeah that's right what um, what I really liked about that was that while they were still moaning on the way back to the halfway line the ref just nicked the ball off them threw it to the centre circle and just went get on with it which is what you want yeah it's perfect yeah Super League gets mentioned by Jorginho Nutter 
Uh, if the teams that were vying for it had left us alone, then it'd be a great league, wouldn't it? A league of 14 teams uh, with about five points separating eight out of the 14 going into the last few games of the season. And finally, I'm going to try and pronounce this right. Chalio Uvidya is nominated by the poster with no name, who uh, Chalio is the Thai chemist who in 1976 claimed he received a stroke of quote-unquote divine inspiration and developed an energy-boosting beverage mixing caffeine and taurine and so on and so on and so forth. Uh, Austrian businessman, 80s, partnered up, created Red Bull. That's the grievance. Uh, right on to the genuine candidates. Leads things. We've got the board for their 10% hike. The bad half of Jackie, Luke Ayling, uh, Brendan Aronson, and Pascal Strauch's barber. Any of those you want to uh, quickly touch on? Strauch's barber, it is upsetting, isn't he? He's completely lost a big sexy pirate vibe. Yeah. It's a bit like... Samson chopped all his hair off yeah lost all his powers yeah now he can't get in the team and Leon Cheese who has nominated Pascal Strauch's barber suggests he's changed the man from being a big sexy pirate to drives a Corsa and has a girlfriend in high school that's not true should we just say that hopefully she's in the sixth form and over 18 years old it is an odd decision of like how just how good he looked with the long hair why would you back out from that you would surely try to keep that going for as long as possible if I looked in the mirror one morning and I looked like Pascal Stroik, I would not be like, oh, I'm getting rid of this. So I don't know what he's done. In terms of Brighton nominations, uh, Brighton-related things, we've got Brighton for being good. I was going to... Uh, oh, go on. I was going to stick up for Jackie, obviously, or rather, or probably for myself as much as anything. Well, don't forget, like, Moscow, we've got we've got the hero side of it to come yet, and the good half of Jackie is going to get mentioned in that. Yeah, I know, but I think I just... Because um, I, I watched... Like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I watched the... Yeah, I, I watched the game back on... Sunday, and as well as his goal, and the own goal has now been awarded to Solly Marsh, Brighton have had that challenge, and it's not an own goal anymore, officially. It's been given to their player. So he should have exciting. defended it better then, shouldn't he? Uh, yeah, um, and then you got the assist as well. There were also, there was the chance uh, early on that he set up for Mark Rocker with good play on the wing, and then Rocker had just a weak shot. And then there was um, the, the two chances that Ailing got at the back posts, first half and second half, were from very good Harrison crosses. And there was another very good Harrison cross as well that didn't uh, get any connection in the middle. And I feel like if a winger is putting across, let's say that's three good crosses, one chance for a midfielder, and then getting an assist and a goal, I don't understand then the the idea that he had a, a bad game or shouldn't have been on the pitch or should have been dragged off in disgrace. Send him to Leicester. Yeah, all that stuff. I think he, he he did his usual... He was actually better than he normally was. He uh, Or not normally was, but recently been. Where work rate is always the same with Harrison. And then he was creating opportunities for teammates at the same time. Came over with a goal and assist. And so, you know, I don't know what more people want from uh, a winger apart from to... Like, Cle- clearing the ball off himself. the line. So that everything good <laughs> is just like negated by no. one mistake. I think that the problem is, isn't it, that Leeds are currently in such a perilous position that it's a club kind of consumed by stress. So people are naturally going to gravitate towards the negatives and say, we should have done that better. We keep shooting ourselves in the the foot and kind of ignore the the bias towards that rather than saying, well, he he created a goal and he scored one. It's always the power and created three other opportunities with good crosses because his his end product is always what's criticised and his end product in this game is actually really good. The paradox of a relegation battle is always that the worse the team plays the better you demand them to play to get out of it. So as they descend into Jimmy Kebbiness, you need them to transform into Eusebio to get out of it. And it's kind of the demands that you place on players, the worse that the team situation is, sort of becomes quite unhinged. And whereas if Harrison had put that performance in for a a top half team or team going for Europe, you'd probably go like, yeah, he's playing really well. And you'd be Newcastle and you'd be going like, oh, maybe we do go back in with the £35 million bid because that was a really good performance. So, up yours. <laughs> <laughs> Brighton things. Yeah, Brighton for being too good. Philip was uh, unhappy with that. Uh, they're good and they're annoying. <laughs> and it's sorry, and that's annoying. And the kit the, was horrible. Yeah, they've shown the difference between uh, the top 10 and where we are, uh, which is in the sludge with the shit kickers at the minute. Absolutely. Maybe shows the difference between being well run and where we are as well. Yes. Because uh, it's worth, again, yeah. I'm going to pause on uh, how um, we sacked our manager in order to bring in a new one who we thought was going to get better, um, sort of about the Bielsa to Marsh thing, and then it all went to shit, whereas Brighton's manager walked out and they just went and got another one and now they're even better. But yes. how, does that, how does that work? I wonder, maybe it's to do with 
being very well run and knowing what you're doing. And Deserbi was out of work, wasn't he, at the time? Because Shakhtar, he'd, uh, he'd left Shakhtar because of the um, cause of the Russian invasion. Mm. So he was just sat there waiting for a, for a gig. And on that, he gets mentioned by Jean-Luc Colombo, who says his, his fancy, he doesn't like him because of his fancy, lovely football made us look bad. And remember too that he is, I mean, yeah, he's a bit of a knobhead on the touchlines, but he's also the guy who cut short a post-match interview when he was managing in uh, Italy because he wanted to go and watch Bielsa's leads on the television. It's depressing, isn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's that was the thing that annoyed me most about that game, which is seeing how we used to be. I mean, like a few people mentioned how uh, the celebrations for both of Leeds' goals were slightly muted, and I sort of celebrated both by just howling at the roof of the East Stand because yeah. it was just a bit of a release, but it wasn't joy, it was just something. I couldn't quite put there's, my there's finger on the emotion. Good, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> was, did your voice reach the roof of the East Stand? It's a long way. I was sat up in the gods. Oh, you yeah. I, I actually, I, I'm sat down below and I think it bounced off the roof and because I heard him like echolocation like bats. Uh, bats do. And Jez actually does mention his um, his antics on the touchline. Describes Robs. His, no, Deserbe, oh. uh, just suggesting he should face a touchline ban for the next 50 years for that. Mac Allister, again, still not going to come to terms with the number 10 with the name McAllister. That's not Gary McAllister. Being too good. Dickie Wood wasn't happy with that. And um, misbehaving when bathing suggests the Fernandez impression antics were not so good. Did you know you know that challenge? We discussed it, I think, on the match ball where he went down and we were annoyed at him going down. He actually went into that tackle with Adams two-footed, didn't he? Yeah, I've seen it back. So as we were establishing, Phil Hay was wrong. Yes, as per normal, mm. quite frankly. But yeah, it wasn't great from... He went in two-footed and Adams managed to put his studs down across both of them. So neither of them's done great. So it probably... Cancels each other out, is that? Did the ref give a free kick for that? He just gave a throw in and play on, didn't he? So actually, fair yeah, enough, fine. can't really mind about it. He wasn't too bad, really, the ref. Although the Rodrigo penalty, I would have liked a penalty for that. Yeah. Actually, in the other category here, Tierney and VAR get, is men- get mentioned. Just Matt just found it very difficult to like him. But you're not supposed to like a ref, are you? You're supposed to tolerate a ref and endure a ref. And he mentions the uh, the fact that there was the penalty shout wasn't even really considered. And uh, West Ham Ralph again with the VAR. Uh, and the Rodrigo... Pen, not penalty, non-penalty. He may have been offside, but I generally don't understand other than that why it wasn't given. Am I just too biased? Possibly. But we're not <laughs> we're not here to be uh, even-handed, are we? And then finally, um, miscellaneous people who are trying to relegate us. These include Liverpool, Thomas Frank, Bournemouth, Everton. People asking what are Liverpool doing by losing to Bournemouth and gosh, Shark not happy with Thomas fucking Frank for losing to Everton and uh, Methley Chris is just swinging wildly at all the other clubs down there. Stop winning games. Do the honourable thing and just die, will you? I mean, to be fair to Liverpool, they did have the good grace to lose to us earlier in the season. So as long as they come to Ellen Road and just roll over, I'll let them off. Who are you giving it to? Villain of the week. Mm, Brighton for being good feels like more of a an us problem. Did we give the the board villain last week for the 10% hike? Who was the villain last week? Why well, can't remember, we, we remember things that happened <laughs> a mere seven days ago? We do too much talking in here, that's why. Is this what getting old is like? I'd, I'd give my vote to the board. Yeah, maybe um, the lack of a Angus Kinnear column in the, this particular issue of the programme was seemed like quite a an oversight or a lapse. Because if there's one time when you really want to be hearing some things about why things are the way they are, maybe this was the game to have a little write, sit down and have a little, get the pen out. Mm. Um, so, yeah, to stick, so it's a double-pronged award isn't it for sticking the prices up by 10% and not saying anything about it he's, uh, he's made me write a blog about it as well mm. now I don't want to do work and I've had to do it for him <laughs> thanks Rob he's <laughs> been yeah. honest the uh, the Bournemouth Liverpool axis has upset me quite a bit though yeah I'm, I'm, I'm quite annoyed about Deitch because I, I respect him and I know he's a good manager but I was really relying on him not being able to get Everton together and I'm hoping that is still the case because they've got tougher games coming up but like, don't start beating Brentford don't get silly I, re- I mean I mentioned them quite a lot last year 538 their their algorithm as a staying up and Everton going down but that's all I'm going to say about it if you want to look at it have a look at 538.com and find the projects bit and the Premier League things I'm, I'm not relying on anything other than that so uh, I suppose the weekend was between Deitch and Everton and then Liverpool those were the two results uh, so it, is, it does seem to be like a Scouse cons- conspiracy that's sending us down but then it, so it's either for me Merseyside, although I don't know why Tranmere have to be involved in this, versus the board for the 10% and also for uh, not 
being as good at running a football club as Brighton, because that's what that game was all about, really, wasn't it? Yes, I'd, I'd, I'd go bored. I'd, I'd, Pascal Strauch's barber does deserve mm. a mention, but I'm, I'm still more angry at Angus Kinnear, I think. And that, there's that thread of photos that Michael's collated as well of the shambles uh, of a stadium that we've got, which yeah. we, we love dearly and we don't want ever to change, but we'll sort it out. We'd like it to be clean. Yeah, that'd be a start, wouldn't it? That'd justify the 10%. Uh, as we head into the uh, Katana Brady hero of the... Um, Actually, uh, oh. it wouldn't, just to be clear. What? Um, cleaning the stadium would not justify the 10%. Cleaning, no. cleaning the stadium should just be minimum for, like, minimum. Mm. It shouldn't need another... Are you like suggesting a, the year-old pie that's been thrown at the wall isn't a good... It's like an art installation. Yeah, I, I, it's just... There's almost that little thing of you can let them off the hook there for not cleaning it for as long as they have not by by saying it's it will justify the 10% increase. It should have been done. Like that thread of photos is full of pictures of things that should have been sorted. And then I'm just, that little glimmer for Canadians that says, well, now we can, now we have put the prices up by 10%. We can sort these things out. Bullshit, should have been sorted anyway. And then do what, like spend the 10% on comics and sweets. Like that, that would be a more justifiable use of it to me. Late intervention here, by the way. In, uh, in part one, we were talking about the goal that Charlie Creswell scored for Millwall in the last few seconds it's been ruled out and given to uh, Tom Bradshaw Jackie Harrison who's who scored it so whoever sorts out the goals panel yeah they've been busy giving they can uh, go in the petty grievances yeah they should because um, it was they've robbed Harrison of a fun statistic and then robbed Creswell of a, a good goal all to appease Solly March and uh, Tom Bradshaw Tom Bradshaw who he sounds, he sounds like an NFL quarterback. He's always throwing his weight around at the Football League. It's Tom Bradshaw. That's <laughs> what I've heard. Player of the year, yeah, just as we head into the Kitana Barati um, Hero of the Week. So we ask our TSB Plus members to score the team out of 10 every game. The Brighton average score was 5.58 out of 10 for the whole team. Uh, player of the match was Wilf Nonto, got just under 7. 6.91. Bamford and Melier just keeping Junior Furpo out of the medal positions for that one. Chris Somerville, he got the wooden spoon for this one. Scoring just lower than Aronson and Ailing, and the ref got 4.65, despite what appeared to be a relatively good game. But we've, <laughs> so you're never going to score refs high, are you? Yeah, they're always a no. villain. Which means that uh, Wilf is still top of the pops when it comes to um, the player of the year. Worth pointing out that Luis Inistera got 5.93 as well. <laughs> For his 10 seconds. Better than Verber, Cork, Adams, Rodrigo, McKenny, Rutz, <laughs> uh, Rocker, Ailing, Aronson, the referee, and Somerville. He Excellent. has scored all of them. Uh, yeah, Nonto is still top of the pops with the, uh, the player of the year. Trophy, because his average is dropping a little bit. He's on 7.1 out of 10. Adams and Verbo, his main challenges for that at the minute. So, Verbo is sneaking up. He is, he's climbing. Just like a little dark horse from a long way back. Climbing the tables. Hero of the week, leads candidates. The good half of Jackie gets mentioned here. Pat Bamford, Junior Furpo, Wilf Nonto, and Stuart Dallas. I like that. Scotty, Scott T says Stuart Dallas. He's totally innocent in all this. Yeah, quite right. And he's another one. He's always, like like the, the, uh, the ref, he's always a villain. Stuart Dallas is just always a hero. The non-playing Leeds candidates are Javi Gracia, uh, nominated by Scott White, the Kentucky Yorkshireman, for having the courage to do what is necessary and get the lads to buy in. Uh, not like, a bad effort in this new setup designed to keep us the fuck up. It does make him sound like a, a superhero in a movie. He had the courage to do what's right, stand up for what he believes and not press their goalkeeper. <laughs> Emma was pleased to see the chief, Lucas Radebay. That uh, was nice. For coming back. And uh, yeah, let's have a little villainy for the... Brighton fans who were singing Who the Fucking Hell Are You him when he was uh, rolled out. I have a little bit of respect for modern football, Nelson Mandela's favourite footballer. Modern football idiots. Also, uh, he wore a baseball cap with a suit, which I thought was an excellent look. Yeah, you've got, you've got to be cool as fuck to carry that off, haven't you? And he is. The low block was mentioned by Wedge as well, which uh, just feeds back into the point about Gracia and the tactics and stuff like that. Uh, Non-leads candidates, Danny Welbeck gets mentioned uh, by Willie Nomtoes for being a useless fuck, to quote yeah. Willie Nomtos. He's still playing for his transfer to Leeds, isn't he? So pick apart the uh, the candidates there and let's award a hero of the week. I'm quite happy with the Wellback nomination. Well-deserved. When he, uh, he, it was Verba that he just walked through in the end, wasn't it? And then um, looked certain to score, except then you remember it's Danny Wellback. And that like... was why we were always interested in him, because <laughs> he's guaranteed to just put as many chances over the bar or more than into the net, which would have been perfect for us, but yes, never to be, I don't think. I feel like he's paying the price for, in our first season back in the Premier League, when we had that awful away defeat at Brighton, he scored, he 
somehow did like a Cruyff turn and put it in the bottom corner. It was like the least Danny Welbeck goal I've ever seen. But then since then, he's had the missing the free header at the end of last season, which mm. probably would have relegated us. And then that, which would have gone a long way to relegating us. So, he's a good lad. Fair play, Danny. Just with reference to uh, to Bamford, Dr. Pussy says uh, we're pleased with Bamford for finally using his right foot to kick a football um, yeah. and not just for kicking his moat dredger up the arse. <laughs> yeah, it was good. I like that goal because it was very unexpected that he just went for it and shot with his right foot. I wonder if... Because um, Gracia did say that he was going to work on finishing with them, whereas it was always kind of... Bielsa was like, all we can do is put them in the position to in the conditions to score and then it's up to them and... Um, didn't seem like he particularly tried to teach people to finish. And uh, I think uh, Marsh was just relying on like asking them about their childhood and would like whether they got on with the big or little sister. It's like that was going to dictate whether they scored or not. Whereas Grathia said, yeah, I'm going to actually talk to them and get them to practice putting the ball in the net. And suddenly... I mean, Harry Kane is, is proof, isn't he? That practice does mean you can score a lot of goals because he... He goes on that bloody training ground and shoots mm. a lot, does that lad? And all it took here, like suddenly, you know, Javier's had that little intervention and Bamford shooting with his right foot and getting goals and looking very pleased with himself about it as well. So all good. And he played quite well, uh, well, very well overall. In fact, him and Aronson uh, was, you know, we launched straight into him on the, the match ball for his lack of composure in attack. But um, there was an abundance of composure from him, in fact, on the whole low block don't, like went to press stuff because him and uh, as cage, as weird as it was with um, Brighton standing on the ball at the back, you then also had Bamford and Aronson playing this like tetchy kind of cat and mousey thing of like fainting and trying to like, are they going to, are they not? And it took a lot of um, like a weird amount of work for people who were probably just used to like kicking a ball to each other, like playing without the ball. It was a good game without ball from yeah. uh, Brendan. It was cat and mouse, wasn't it? Cat and mouse. Uh, I'm going to ask you to make a case for somebody to win this in a second after I've mentioned this about Junior Furpo. Ghost Shark says, I don't know what's changed, but it's akin to Peter Parker being bitten by a radioactive spider, which is a nice analogy. I like that. He did. Um, he made a tackle in the second half and both me and my dad at the same time went, bloody hell, that's Bobby Moore. Yeah. <laughs> and then about a minute later, he absolutely smashed someone up into the air. Was that, was that the same one where you went, no, Junior? <laughs> yeah, was, but he actually pulled it off. Yeah. Um, who are you going for? I like the good half of Jackie. He was another one who hit the ball really hard with his right foot. It was a beautiful goal, actually. There's the um, Leeds have published like the uncut video of the game on their YouTube channel. And it's a brilliant angle of that goal. And yeah, it was beautiful. And his celebration was good as well. Like Christ, the Redeemer. I'm just thinking about, do we need to revise what we've done here and give the hero of the week to the good half of Jackie and the villain of the week to the bad half of Jackie? No. No. He's, like the bad half of him was not worse than the board sticking 10% on season tickets to get into an absolute dump. I mean, just for symmetry, yin and yang, you know, balancing the universe and all that. It's not up to us to balance the universe. Uh, I'm happy to give it to uh, the good half of Jackie. I would even give a hero of the week to the bad half of Jackie because I love Jackie just as a whole for everything that he well, is. Why don't you marry him? I'd love to. I was going to say, I'd love to marry Jack Harris. <laughs> it, the exercise might be... A, uh, get a bit intense I think he's <laughs> Jack just give me a yeah, break I don't want to go on the treadmill today yeah so I might I feel like I'd probably let him down uh, quite quickly <laughs> in certain expectations he has of a spouse when, when do you think the uh, like the simmering resentment would kind of take over that about, about a minute <laughs> um, I don't think I would uh, yes I don't think I would be um, a good husband to Jack Harrison for more than about 30 seconds for he realised he'd made a Just terrible Just so you mistake. know, Jack, I'm quite a tired man north of <laughs> <Yeah>. 40. <laughs> so that's not going to work out. But um doesn't mean we can't be friends. Yeah, yeah. Could maybe pub pals. He's not going to go to a pub, is he? No, he's not. We can be... He wouldn't even get a J2O because he had sugar in it, would he? He'd just, he'd get like a pint of water. He'd get, he'd get fizzy mineral water. Yeah, we could be mineral water mates. Yeah. Go to Salt Bay's restaurant with him. Yeah, that's the other thing. I'd be. I mean, well, that's. We'd have to send Michael there just so Michael can get really, really annoyed at the prices of the. So it's a strange thing about um, Harrison and his, uh, his sort of very impressive fitness regime and how hard he works. But then also counterbalanced against like the sheer weight of salt that just goes into his uh, bloodstream whenever he encounters the the bay. Mm. <laughs> the bay is that how you? The bay of salt. Yeah. I mean, I feel it's a slightly controversial decision, but uh, I'm happy to go with it. The good half of Jackie, in regards to the bad half of Jackie, don't do it again. We're putting you on notice, Jackie. I mean, to be fair, Junior Furpo was pretty bad for about 18 months at Leeds, and then he's played, what, did we say, five games? Yeah. And now he's everyone's favourite player. Jack Harrison's been 
pretty good for Leeds yeah. for about four years now. We're allowed to be fickle. <laughs> yeah. Fine. I'm all for it. Well, there you go. Then that wraps up the weekly show for this week. That's exciting, isn't it? And uh, we will be off the bottom of the table if we are there come uh, come the weekend. So that's good. Climbing towards safety. Yep. The only way is up. As Yaz sang. Yep. We'll wrap it up there. We'll speak to you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. 